Hello and welcome to the Controller Talk podcast presented by Danfoss North America. Our goal is to bring you information about using Danfoss controls in the supermarket and warehouse industry, specifically in the U.S. and Canada. We're doing these twice a month for now. You can catch these podcasts on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts, and it's also available through the Danfoss Ref Tools app. For the video version, check us out on the Danfoss North America YouTube page. Search for Controller Talk to see our video collection. I'm Dave Yoder, along with Chris Brown. Hey, Chris, do you smell that? What are we smelling? <laughs> Your vacation is so close, I can smell it. Uh, we're in between. We're, we're right in the middle of it. You're just back. I'm yeah, ready to go. I'm back. That's right. Yeah, we squeeze this one in between vacations. <laughs> vacations are good. I think you're ready. Were you uh, blasting podcasts from the boombox while you're out on the beach? Oh, of course. <laughs> of course, yeah. Everyone appreciated that. <laughs> there you go. Signing autographs. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Chris, for the last two episodes, we talked about the AKCC 550A case controller. And in following those same lines, we're going to talk about a relatively new controller that will eventually replace the uh, the AKCC 450, 550, and 550A, which is the AKCC 55. Uh, the old timers uh, should not confuse this with the AKC 55, which was a front-end controller, but this one's just the AKCC 55. Yeah, we like messing with people. We could that's right. Some different numbers there or anything. Yeah, that's right. Got to keep them on their toes. Yep. So this one has been installed in several stores and warehouses in the last 18 to 24 months, so it's uh, relatively new. But you'll remember that we had a request from a listener in the Czech Republic to cover this, and I think it's probably the right time to discuss this for the U.S. and Canada guys, too. So, uh, Chris, this is probably our first case controller to come with the option to use an app on your phone to do full setup or interrogation. And uh, so let's cover the basic stuff because the hardware comes in three varieties and um, the whole thing is, is knowing what application you have so you know which piece of hardware to order. So the, uh, the three varieties are the AKCC 55 Compact. Um, it's a controller that's what you might call a base model in the automotive world. Right. It can control one EEV or one liquid line solenoid valve. Um, there is uh, an external display option only on this one, no built-in display. That's right. Uh, and some of the features are, are taken out of it to basically cut the cost out of it because someone might not want those, such as no adaptive defrost, no product sensor or hot gas defrost, and you only have Modbus communication. Yeah, a little more cost-conscious with this one than maybe some of the others where you're looking for the extra bells and whistles. Right. And as the name implies, it's actually a little bit shorter than the uh, the other options yep. in size. So then we move up to the AKCC 55 single coil, which is what I call the affordable popular choice for today's growing supermarket. Uh, <laughs> this one can control one EEV. Uh, you can get it with an external display or a built-in display. And in terms of features, it has all the bells and whistles, including adaptive defrost. Uh, Modbus is built in, or you can add a module to give you the Echelon RS-485 option. And this one seems to be the model of choice and the most popular one that we're seeing installed right now. 
Yeah, and just you said it can come in two varieties with a built-in display or external. Just people to keep in mind there. It's two different part numbers based on what you want. So that is correct. And that does play into the system manager too. Which one of those two you order when it comes to the file you're selecting? Right. Yep. And that makes sense. And then uh, the third option is the CC55 multi-coil, which is the in a way, it's the Primo edition because you can do more than just one EEV with it. Um, but there are some exceptions here. So you need to know what your uh, control is going to look like and what your application is. So if you need to control up to three EEVs in medium temp cases, it can handle that. Uh, it can do two EEVs in low temp cases because then you'll have an option to have two defrost relays to go with it. Another option is to do two EEVs and no defrost relays. Uh, or you can do two EEVs, two defrost relays, and an alarm relay or an anti-sweat relay. Um, but it's always good to look at the application guide before you decide that you want to use this one. And the, the one case controller you didn't mention earlier was the 750. So, I mean, this could work in a 750 replacement situation, but not always because it can't do up to four EEVs. So just be careful there. That's right. Yep. And it's not like uh, the 750 allows you to add more hardware onto the end of it. And that's not something you can do here. That's right. Yep. All right. So, Chris, what do all these options and varieties have in common? No, we'll we'll start with the the power or voltage side. So they're they're all powered with line voltage. So 115, 208, 230. Um, we don't have to worry about separate part numbers anymore, which is a good thing. It's something we had to worry about with the 550, whether we were 115 or 230. So that that's out the window now. Um, a little more like our system managers, where it can auto switch the voltage. Um, they're all going to offer a zero to ten volt output that can be used for anti sweat control. Um, for a pathless modulation signal to the anti-sweat heaters. Um, and they can all drive, or they should drive, line voltage AKV coils going to the valves at either 115 or 230. And I say should drive line voltage, meaning that's the one we prefer to see. Um, the the solid-state relay on the case controller, we, we're right around a half an amp limit on what that can supply to the, the valve coil. Um, so if we're using a 24-volt coil, we know we're, we're right at or maybe even a little bit over that that limit on what that coil is pulling. Um, so we, we don't see a lot of that in the field, uh, maybe a, a little bit of it, but if you're somebody that's maybe looking at using a, a low-voltage power supply or a low-voltage coil coming from the case controller, um, you might be in a situation where you're burning your relays up pretty quickly there. And, and so anything you can do to get a line voltage coil in there, we prefer you you go that route. All right. Yep. Um, and then the last thing uh, is on the um, kind of the secondary side with the case controller. We've got a, a PC tool called CoolProg. Um, so this is a little bit unique compared to what we had previously too, where the 550, it was either system manager or right there at the display. Now you've got this cool prog software through a PC. Um, you do need a, a little accessory called a my key. Uh, it's a, a black box, if you will. And there's cables that allow you to connect that into your computer. Um, but that gives you kind of a gateway to, to get into these case controllers as well. And maybe that's more tailored towards a, a factory setup than in the field, but there's definitely some field aspects of it as well. So you can 
save and change settings from there. Um, you can load settings into the, the controllers. And then the other thing that, that's a newer feature here that, that we now have at our disposal is firmware upgrades. So if you've got an older case controller model out there and, and we need to get it up to a later or a higher version for some new feature, it doesn't mean you've got to replace the case controller anymore like we were dealing with in the past. Now you can use this cool prog tool to get it up to the latest version. Yep. Okay, so let's talk about display options uh, because we have uh, a few different things we can do here. So you can have no display, but you still need a display to at least get you uh, through the startup and you at least need to get an address into it, assuming that you're going to tie it into a system manager. Yep. Um, you can install one or two external displays on most of these controllers. Um, and you'll need to get a cable for these two. The cables come in two typical lengths, uh, 10 feet and 20 feet. Yep. Um, I switched those from meters to feet for the sake of the audience. So nice of you. Yes. Uh, and uh, if you want to get extreme, you can install the display up to 328 feet from the case controller. Now, if you have two displays, that 328 feet includes both displays. Mm -hmm. So that means, for instance, you could go crazy. If you want to go 300 feet on one display, you could do 28 feet on the other display. And uh, and that's how the math works out. Yeah, realistically, it's going to be down the case. I don't see that coming into play too often. So I would agree. Yeah. Yep. yep. Now, for the single coil, you can order it with uh, the display built into the cover. And this display has the readout, of course, and buttons on there that let you make changes. Right. Uh, the external displays come in three options. We have one called the info display, which has the readout but no buttons. So it's kind of like a read-only situation. And then we have one called the set display, which has the readout, but it also has buttons on it to let you navigate through the menus. And then uh, the last one is the Bluetooth display. Now, this is the one all the cool kids have right now. Yep. So, uh, Chris, let's, let's talk a little bit more about that one. Yep. And just real quick, none of these are, are coming as a package deal with the controller. They're always going to be something you order separate from the controller part number itself. So just to mention that. Um, but yeah, the, the Bluetooth display is kind of the, the new thing for us and, and a lot of positive feedback from people. They, they really like being able to, to get to it right there at the case. It makes it easy for them. Um, so you're using a, an application on your phone, an app called uh, AKCC55 Connect. Um, it's it's a pretty quick app. I don't, I don't know if yeah. you've, you've used it before, I'm sure. Yeah. But it, yeah. you get in and out of it pretty quick, and it's got a lot of information in it as well. So it makes it uh, a really nice tool to have, especially on startups, I'd say. Um, so you can walk up to the case controller's Bluetooth display, open the app on your phone, and then there's going to be a Bluetooth button on that Bluetooth display that you hold in for three seconds and, and then tell the app to connect to that specific CC55 from there. Um, and then it's it's almost endless possibilities with what you can do. I mean, you can put the case in defrost, your cleaning modes, you can start and stop it. Um, you can bring up graphs of the temperature to see uh, what inputs and outputs you have in there. You, you can make your normal parameter changes. Um, and then you can do other things too. Again, going back to the startup scenario, if you set one of these up, you can save that to a file on your phone so that when you hit the next 
case controller, you can just take that same setup and dump it right in there. So I think we've always kind of leaned towards using the system manager to get our settings into our case controllers, but I'm starting to see more people maybe shy away from that a little bit and, and doing more this route where they set it up with their phone, save it, and then they go to the other similar cases and can load it in from there. Yep. And I've noticed on my Android, because I, I hang on to my Android phone, of course, uh, no comment. <laughs> it, there, there's no issue with running other Bluetooth devices at the same time. Yeah. So I've run two other Bluetooth devices plus the app uh, talking to the display and no issue there. Can't speak for the iPhone, but it might work. <laughs> and if you've got multiple that you've enabled it on for some reason, you should get a list, I think, in the software that allows you to pick which one you want to connect to. Right. You can pick by address. Yep. Exactly. Yep. That's right. All right. So I have to ask this question, Chris. Yes. What if some punk decides to put an app on his phone and then walk around the store and start messing with your cases? We have planned for that situation. Okay. <laughs> uh, so... Typically, these are going to be a normal case controller in a, a supermarket. It's going to be wired back to our system manager. So the system manager actually has a, a lockout feature built into it. And so as long as the case controllers are, are online with the system manager, um, then that's going to allow you to lock people out at that level. And so somebody that wants to get in using this app, they're going to have to first go into the system manager and make sure they unlock that setting. And then they can do what we just talked about from there. Right. It's almost like the default is to lock them out and you only unlock them when you're going to be in there working. Oh, yeah, play it safe. And yep, exactly. Yeah. Um, menu structure in, in the, when you're looking at this, it's, it's very similar to the 550, 550A and the 450 a little bit when we're talking about the CC55 itself. Um, not a whole lot of difference in the parameter naming conventions we've used as far as a, the letter and, and two digits. Um, maybe you'll see a few extra parameters in there for some new features that we have. Uh, so something like reading RH and, and adding humidity to the cases. Um, and then the zero to 10 volt anti-sweat output uh, on that side of it. Um, we've accounted for the fact that because this is, again, supposed to be our replacement for 550s, 550As and, and whatnot, we know that legacy system managers, rack controllers are going to be out there that might have to interface to these new case controllers as well. Um, so most of the versions of, of the case controller that you're going to see out there today, we already have files available for them, the EDF files that we would have to put into the, the system managers to read them. Um, we have uh, the three right now today where we're at is we've had three releases, um, I think at least three, maybe more, but three that come to mind for this. So a 1.3, a 1.5 and a 1.7 version. Yep. So I know the 1.3 and 1.5, we have the files for in the older 255s and 355s. I don't think we have the 1.7s quite yet. Right. They should be eventually here coming out where we can interface to them as well. Yep. Um, so I, th I think it just really, if, if you know you have a store coming up that's going to have these new case controllers coming in them, just do a little bit of homework until you're comfortable with them. So, I mean, make sure you know exactly what part number or case controller you're getting. Again, the 4082s, 4083s are both the single EVAP case controller, one with the built-in display, one without. But that is going to play into what selection you make in the system manager program if you're building it that way. 
Um, and then if it's one that's coming without displays, make sure you're getting the displays you need to be able to set the things that you talked about, right? The address, yeah. if yeah. you're setting an application, those sorts of things uh, that, that we need to look at there. Um, and, and again, we, we definitely push the Bluetooth display and we think it has some value there. So if you're yeah. looking at what display you should pick, I would lean towards that Bluetooth display. Right. Sometimes you hear, okay, we're getting a few cases in yeah. and uh, there's going to be case controllers on them. That's the point where you want to find out what's really there. Uh, which case controller is it going to come with a display? If not, then get one of those Bluetooth displays and a cable in hand and then you'll be good to go. Yeah. And it should be, I think it's going to be pretty sustainable because like I said, you can upgrade the case controller firmware. I don't see cool prog or the app going away or us moving on to, to different things. So I think this is a long-term yep. sustainable solution you're seeing here. Yep. Okay. So in terms of the AKCC 55, I think that's a pretty good overview of the controller. Uh, if you've seen the 550A, this isn't totally new. Right. It's just the hardware's different. Uh, some more options come with it, that sort of thing. Yep. So, um, yeah, I've seen these installed for a few years now, and it seems like the reliability is pretty good. I, I think the track record is good on these. Yep. And, um, and I got to say, the app is pretty sweet. Agreed. I was going to use the word sexy, but I think the sensor will catch that. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> All right, Chris. So let's, uh, let's roll ahead here and see if I can stump you with a question. Uh, this is a question about the CC55 case controller. And the more I think about it, I think you're going to nail this one, but we'll see. So um, let's say I've got a, one of these new case controllers, and I want to clear it. I want to reset it to factory. Mm -hmm. How am I going to do that? Mm. You might have got me on that one. Um. Hmm. Oh, I sense a stump here. Yeah, I mean, I have the 550, 210s. I'm thinking we're holding buttons in and power cycling. Okay. But I don't know if that's what we do on the 55. Uh, I can't throw you a lifeline. I'm just no. going to let you squirm on this one. If I had to start somewhere, it'd either be there's a button combo similar to the 550s, or we would use the app and maybe clear it through there somehow. Yeah, yeah, there is a uh, there is a question I could throw at you that would be a trick question, and that would be, how do you do it without a display? Mm. And the answer is you can't. There you go. But uh, you would actually need the display that has the buttons on it. Mm -hmm. And then uh, you're right. If you hold down the up and down arrow keys and plug in power to it at that point, yeah. It'll come up and say FAC, and you may have to confirm it, but that's how you can clear those back to factory. Okay. Yeah. So apparently you skipped that, that close. paragraph in the manual. <laughs> yeah, right. But you were on the right track, so we'll at least give you partial credit. 70% still passing your final, right? <laughs> that's right. Still is. All right. So uh, when it comes to listener mail, uh, let's talk about that. Um, one of my LinkedIn feeds, uh, Don Cole from Climate Pros wanted us to answer a question for him, or at least cover a topic. And this happens in podcasts that perhaps you've covered a topic or answered a question early in the game, and then someone you know, starts joining and they start listening, and then they ask a question that's relevant to them and other people, of course, but uh, it's worth repeating. So his question was, um, how do we deal with Adobe Air? 
and the lack of uh, using Adobe Air with the RMT software when it comes to the 355s and the 880s. If you won't mind uh, running through that for us. Yeah, so yeah, when we lost uh, full support on Adobe, um, it, it affected us through RMT, bringing things up offline. And so when we're going to simulate a, a database, we luckily we found a workaround is the good news. Yep. It does involve an extra step. And, and so when you're simulating an RMT, you, you come up to your window where you'd normally expect to see the login screens um, and they, they never pop up. But what you do have is, is a, a little bit of info up in your address bar at the top of RMT. It'll say something like uh, HTTP web host 8080, something along those lines. The numbers sometimes change depending on how many, um, how many simulations you have open. What you can do is take that, copy that into StoreView desktop software, um, and then connect in almost like you're connecting into a live store. And that lets you move on from there to continue with your offline programming, whether you're, you're actually programming something or just checking some settings, but you can pick up where you left off in RMT in the StoreView desktop software. Yep. Yep. That covers it. Yep. Okay. So... If you would like to drop us an email with a suggestion for topics to cover or question, comment, you can always email us at ControllerTalkNorthAmerica at DanFoss.com. Thanks for listening. Our studio and video engineer is Michael, don't call me Mike Beckerman. According to legend, he does his best work alone. Our audio engineer is still that international man of mystery himself, Raul Garcia, who we have not met. Uh, maybe we will someday. And our Romanian rotational global intern is Maria, but I think she left us for parts unknown. Who knows? So she will henceforth get no recognition for this one. Until next time, for Chris Brown, I'm Dave Yoder. Stay cool. <laughs>